Hi, I'm Snigdha Sharma and you're listening to Three Things, the Indian Express news show. In this episode, we talk about Twitter and the alleged Congress toolkit. We also discuss the controversial draft regulations in Lakshadweep along with the latest vaccine-related updates. Amid the rising critiques surrounding the government of India for its handling of the coronavirus pandemic, screenshots of eight odd pages shared on Twitter on the 18th of May have been making headlines. At the center of this storm is yet another toolkit. The ruling BJP leaders who shared the eight screenshots alleged that it was a toolkit floated by the Congress to malign the Prime Minister Narendra Modi-led government. The controversy deepened after Twitter marked the BJP spokesperson Sambit Patra's tweet on the toolkit as manipulated media. From then on, things only escalated and not long after, on the 24th of May, we saw the Delhi police knocking at Twitter Delhi's office doors. To talk about what is going on, we were joined by Indian Express's Ashish Aryan. First of all, Ashish, can you tell us exactly what this so-called Congress toolkit contains? In a nutshell, the entire controversy about this alleged toolkit is that there was a document which was supposedly prepared by Congress activists, which BJP leaders claimed that would be used to defame India and defame the Prime Minister and its government's handling of COVID-19 crisis. And it was a document which would be followed by all top Congress leaders allegedly for tweeting out or a sort of a strategy to be followed on social media platforms. In response to the BJP's claims, the Congress filed a complaint with the Delhi police against BJP leaders, accusing them of forging the letterhead of All India Congress Committee Research Department and thereafter printing false and fabricated content on the same with the intent to create communal disharmony and civil unrest in the country. It also said that the BJP was trying to divert attention from the failures of the government. On the 19th of May, the police in Congress rule Chhattisgarh registered a case against Sambit Patra and former Chhattisgarh Chief Minister Raman Singh over the toolkit tweets. While Patra was summoned by the Raipur police for questioning, the BJP spokesperson failed to show up, asking for a week's time. And now coming back to Ashish. So Ashish, next, can you explain to us on what basis does Twitter tag something as manipulated media? So, Snigda, if you uh, go and see their guidelines, what they say is that their policy is that any tweets which contain synthetic and manipulated media, which will help people or which misguide people, and the tags, to say, the label, so to say, is just to help people and understand and differentiate from what is authentic compared to what is not authentic, and it should give them a context. So they have mostly four main uh, criteria on which they consider and tag whether a tweet or a content is manipulated media or not. So the first is that is the content synthetic or manipulated, which means that if the content has been substantially edited in a manner that alters its composition from the original content or that fundamentally alters its either sequence or timing or the way it has been framed, and if it has been altered or fabricated, then it is one labeled as manipulated media. Then any visual or any audio that has been added or any part has been removed from the original video that is there. If the original video is there and it is for the world to see and then you take out a part of the video or audio from it, 
then that is tagged as manipulated media. And then if there is a media or if there's a content on Twitter, which depicts a real person, but the content has been fabricated or simulated. It's not the content that the person has said, but someone has just ascribed to them. Then that is tagged as manipulated media. Then the second aspect is that, is the content shared in a deceptive manner, which means that if someone shares a media or a content on Twitter, which could result in confusion or misunderstanding for the people who are using the platform, and or if the person who has shared the content or the tweet with a deliberate intent to deceive people about the nature or the origin of the content, then that is also tagged as manipulated media. Third parameter that they apply, that Twitter applies to check manipulated media is whether the content is likely to impact public safety or cause any serious harm in real life. So in such cases, what happens is that the labeling will be done by Twitter. Then what they also do is they'll show a warning to the people before they share such content or like such content or retweet such content. What Twitter can also do is that they will reduce the visibility of such content if it falls in any of the four categories that we talked about. Or what Twitter does is Twitter will then provide you a link which will then additionally explain or clarify on why this particular media has been put as manipulated media or why it had been removed or why you cannot share or like or why you should not ideally share or like such content. So this is the entire ecosystem or in a way the entire structure of how they mark or tag some media as manipulated media or whether they remove it. While Twitter is yet to comment on its actions, Congress General Secretary and Chief Spokesperson Randeep Surjewala wrote to Twitter on the 25th of May to seek action against several union ministers who had tweeted the alleged forged document. These include Giriraj Singh, Piyush Goel, Smriti Irani, Ravi Shankar Prasad and Harshwardhan among others. So how did the BJP response to their national spokesperson Sambit Patra's tweet being tagged as manipulated? Listen to Ashish as he tells us. The IT ministry in its letters rather said that this is a matter for the police to decide and for the local law enforcement agency to decide. And therefore, you or Twitter cannot unilaterally draw a conclusion and you cannot, without providing any reasons for it, you cannot go and say that this media is manipulated or not or whether this media is correct or not. They sent a letter three days ago which said that such tagging by Twitter, it appears completely prejudged and this is prejudiced and it is a deliberate attempt by the platform to color the investigation that is going on which is being conducted by local law enforcement agencies. And not only this, they went ahead a step and they said that it also questions the credibility of Twitter as a neutral and unbiased platform. Right. So next, Ashish, can you tell us more about the Delhi police's sudden visit to the Twitter's Delhi office? So last evening on May 24th, a team from the special cell of Delhi police they arrived at Twitter's Gurgaon headquarters and some offices in Delhi, allegedly to question some people. And then when they realized that the company and most of the employees of the company have been working from home due to COVID-19 restrictions for the past one year. 
So then the Delhi police claimed that they had just gone there just to serve them a notice to cooperate in the preliminary inquiry. Experts and privacy activists are claiming that this is suppression of free speech, so to say, because if you send an entire team just that you should come and cooperate with us in a preliminary inquiry that has been launched in the alleged toolkit investigation and we are investigating on who did it and what. So that's how the raid, so to say, happened. But journalists who were there on ground, they claim that some of the people had already been informed. Some of the journalists had already been informed that the team of Delhi police would be going to the headquarters. So then it also raises questions on whether, you know, this was just a show of strength or I mean, what actually was it on part of Delhi police and whether they wanted to really intimidate Twitter or were they just following a natural course of inquiry? And uh, Ashish, can you also take us back to the recent past during the farmers' protest and uh, tell us a little bit about BJP's strained relationship with Twitter? So, Smitha, if you see since January, you know, the government has repeatedly pulled up Twitter and they have alleged and they have said that social media companies have double standards, especially Twitter. And this started right when the Ministry of Electronics and Information Technology had sent communication to Twitter saying that these accounts should be banned, but then Twitter had banned them, then unbanned them. So it started mostly from there where there was a lot of controversy. It started from there. Then the second case, the government then alleged that they had different standards for different places. And there was a lot of controversy with the government even threatening that we'll jail your officials if you do not adhere to our emergency requests. So it started from there. And then the relationship, so to say, has continuously been deteriorating from there. And the fresh, this letter has, this communication has been flashpoint really, so to say. Also, Ashish, uh, final question. Um, There is a lot of speculation about platforms like Twitter, Facebook, WhatsApp, etc. being banned very soon. Uh, It has something to do with the government's new IT rules. Um, What is that all about, if you can tell us? Apart from what has happened, the Delhi police raids, and the government has also claimed that Twitter, on February 26th, they announced that the new rules for significant social media intermediaries The ministry has also claimed that it has been three months, but none of the significant social media intermediaries have appointed any such people. And they are in deep trouble if they do not do that. Among the many requirements for the new IT rules, significant social media intermediaries are supposed to appoint a chief compliance officer who is supposed to be a resident of India and will be responsible for ensuring the compliance of the acts and rules. They also have to appoint a nodal contact person who is also supposed to be a resident of India for having 24-7 coordination with the law enforcement agencies. Along with the two, they are also required to appoint a resident grievance officer who will perform the grievance redressal mechanism. These social media intermediaries are required to deliver a monthly compliance report on the number of grievances filed and if and how they were redressed. And now coming to the Lakshadweep, a bunch of new proposals which form a part of draft regulations for Lakshadweep were cleared recently by its newly appointed administrator Prafal Patel. 
The draft regulations have led to an outcry not just in the Union territory but also in other parts of the country, especially Kerala. The objections to the proposals are so strong that even the Congress and the CPM in Kerala have protested against them. So, what really are these changes that have caused such an outcry across the political spectrum? Indian Express's Shaju Philip joined the show to tell us. So, Shaju Lakshadeep MP Mohammad Faisal has said that the immediate trigger for the unrest was the draft for the Lakshadeep Development Authority. Um, can you tell us what is it and why is it problematic for people? If you if we speak about the Lakshadeep Development Authority regulation, Lakshadeep doesn't have a development authority at present. And Patel has proposed an authority and he has brought out a draft of the proposed regulation authority. So there is a proposal for which enables this authority to take over land, private land for development, including highway development. So local people are very much concerned that they will be deprived of their small pieces of land. So they are uh, protesting over this uh, proposal for the development authority. Whereas the administrator says that this uh, development authority is a must for the uh, development of the Lakshadip. So he is uh, going ahead with that plan. Now, the next big issue that people are concerned about is the Lakshadip Animal Preservation Regulation Draft. Uh, can you tell us more about it? As per the draft, no person shall directly or indirectly sell or keep or store or transport or expose for sale or buy beef or beef products in any form anywhere in Lakshadip. 90% of the population in Lakshadip are Muslims and they are consuming beef regularly. It's part of their food and culture. The draft also empowers the administrator or a competent authority to seize beef or beef products being transported. The guilty can end up with prison terms which may extend to 10 years but shall not be less than 7 years and a fine which may extend to 5 lakh rupees but shall not be less than 1 lakh rupees. Now, coming to the next point of contention, it is the sale of liquor in the Union Territory. Shaju tells us why. Actually, at present, liquor has been allowed only in resorts. Resorts at Bengaram Island, which is uninhabited. As part of promoting tourism, administrator has taken a decision to allow serving liquor in two or three resorts at other islands, which is inhabited. It is only meant for the tourist and there is no public sale, only in resorts. Right. So then why are people concerned about it if there is no public sale? They think that these are once the tourists in the resort start consuming liquor or the resort start selling the liquor or serving the liquor, it will affect their local community. It is a fear only. Shaju, people have also blamed Patel for the rise in COVID cases in Lakshadweep uh, where there were no cases initially. In 2020, Lakshadweep didn't report any COVID cases. Now they have around 6,000 confirmed cases reported in the second wave, particularly after 2021. This is mainly because the quarantine norms have been changed. And the norms are not particular for Lakshadweep. All over the country, the government or the ICMR had changed the quarantine norms. It has been a dynamic one. Everywhere in the country, they have changed the norms. And accordingly, that is felt in Lakshadweep also. As COVID has reached all over the country, Lakshadweep was also exposed to that. Also, Shaju Patel has introduced a draft anti-Gunda Act. What is that all about? There are stringent conditions to arrest, to detain antisocial elements. 
they have brought out a lot of conditions which make a person anti social element or a criminal person not all criminals will not come under this definitely only a habitual offender and people say that the crime rate is very low so what is the purpose of this electricity prevention of anti social activities regulation another major issue being pointed out in patel's draft proposal is the panchayat regulation shaju tells us more there is a proposal to prevent those who have more than two children from contesting the panchayat elections said that the existing panchayat members they think that they will be prevented from contesting the elections in future if this draft becomes a regulation but the administrator has clarified that draft will not be applicable for panchayat members who are at present having more than two children so shaju how has patel responded to all this criticism prafun patel has defended all his decisions yes it has a very valid point he accept on this concept big man this electricity animal preservation regulation he says that he has brought out all the draft regulations only for the development of the lakshadweep particularly for developing tourism he wants to make lakshadweep global tourist destination he points out that lakshadweep is not far away from maldives which is a global tourism hub and uh, finally shaju if you can tell us why politicians and uh, other civil society members from kerala are at the forefront of this criticism against the draft rules introduced by praful patel Lakshadweep has a lot of connections with the Kerala. Lakshadweep people are mainly depending upon Kerala for their logistics. We have the ship services from Cochin, Bekur in Kalikas, Ubatar in Kerala, and there are a lot of students studying Kerala colleges and universities. Even for healthcare, they are depending upon the mainland Kerala. And now coming to some vaccine-related updates. Vaccine developer Bharat Biotech has said that it expects approval for its COVID-19 vaccine Covaxin from the World Health Organization or WHO for emergency use listing or EUL between July to September. The company said that regulatory approvals for Covaxin are in the process in more than 60 countries including the USA, Brazil, Hungary and others. The release comes a day after Bharat Biotech told the Indian government officials that 90% of the documents required for Covaxin's EUL have been submitted to the WHO and the remaining are expected to be filed in June. The firm has said that it is confident about obtaining the WHO approval. Meanwhile, Moderna is expecting to launch a single COVID-19 vaccine in India next year and is in talks with Cipla among other Indian firms. Another US giant Pfizer is ready to offer 5 crore shots in 2021 itself but it wants significant regulatory relaxations including indemnification as per the information furnished by Pfizer around 116 countries around the world including the USA have signed the indemnification document Moderna meanwhile has conveyed to the Indian authorities that it does not have surplus vaccines to share in 2021 And for Johnson and Johnson there are limited prospects of the company exporting its jabs from the US to other countries in the near future. Two rounds of high level meetings chaired by the cabinet secretary have been held last week on the availability of vaccines in the global as well as domestic markets. This was because it was felt that there is an urgent need to procure the jabs at a time when the country is reeling under an unprecedented second wave of COVID-19 and a widening gap between supply and requirement of vaccines. 
at a press conference of Monday in response to a question on states being unable to procure vaccines directly from Moderna and Pfizer, Health Ministry Joint Secretary Lava Garwal had said, and I quote, whether it is Pfizer or Moderna, at the central level, we have been coordinating with them. You were listening to Three Things by the Indian Express. Today's show was written and produced by me, Snigdha Sharma, and was edited and mixed by Suresh Pawar. You can follow us and leave us feedback on Facebook or Twitter at Express Podcasts or send us an email at podcasts at indianexpress.com. And if you like this show, please do subscribe and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts from so more people can find us. You can also look for us in the audio section in the top right corner of our website, indianexpress.com. 